Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Podcastles with me, Georgia. And me, Nikita. Hi, Georgia. Hi, how are you? Have you had a good week? Uh, yeah, I have, actually. It's been a good week. How's your week been? It's been good. It's been hectic, but I am so glad to be here recording Podcastles. We finished Warwickshire last week, I didn't know. we? Which means we're moving on to a whole new county. What county are we moving on to? We're moving on to Oxfordshire. You're really excited for this county, aren't you? I am. I really love Oxfordshire. And what is the first castle that we're doing this week? We're doing Oxford Castle. I think we should just go straight into chronology, Georgia. Sounds fair. So, Where are we going to start? We're going to start at the beginning. Makes sense. And not the middle, like last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to start with, it's a modern Bailey castle, which a lot of the castles in this period are. According to sources, it's actually one of the first modern Baileys built after the 1066 invasion. Mm. Um, so William the Conqueror gives this area to, this land to Robert Doyley. Doyley? I don't know. Anyway, so he builds it. He's, he's a supporter of William the Conqueror, helped in the invasion. And as with previous castles we've discussed, this initial Motton Bailey would have been built out of wood. And today you can go and see the hillock that they built for it, which is actually really interesting because it's it's over it's about 20 metres high and it's still there. This is all in 1071. In 1073, Doily actually then rebuilds some of it in stone, so like the keep and things like that. It's actually it's built on the Thames and inside the city. So it's it's in a really it's a really good location. It's also probably worth saying that Oxford as a as a place is really well established by the time of the invasion. So it's it's quite a a good place to build somewhere and probably quite significant I'd imagine from that perspective at the same time as building the keep around the same time he builds a chapel in the castle grounds and according to the Oxford Summer School website Summer summer Courses website the canons at the chapel there were normally scholars and so allegedly that could be one of the ways one of the first Ooh. instances of where the university came from Oxford University was, was founded in 1096 very early origins then yeah really early but then not much else to talk about in terms of Doily and sort of that area so we're going to then skip on a little bit to the Empress Matilda which isn't that much further ahead which is one of my favourite times to the anarchy mm. dun, dun, dun. so if you've listened to previous episodes I think it possibly comes across that I really like the anarchy unless I've been edited out I'll just edit that bit out as well (laughs) (laughs) I know you will so my personal favourite story about this castle is about the Empress Matilda and I'm actually going to hold it back for the ghosts and skeletons section oh is it that scandalous no it's not actually that scandalous but it's quite good gossip and it's Mm. quite funny so I just thought save it you started telling me the other day and then decided to hold it for this episode so I'm looking forward to I'm a big fan of Matilda there's some really good books about her and I'll post them in the show notes as well actually but Oxford Castle is still owned by the Doily family at this point I'm going to call him a bit of a turncoat actually this Doily um, because he starts the anarchy by pledging for Stephen and then he switches over to the right side which is obviously Matilda's. Yeah. I'm a little bit biased. You are. But obviously Matilda was the bloodline heir and Stephen was just a cousin. So, you know, whatever. So Oxford Castle becomes one of Matilda's bases once she's in England. Other ones being like Bristol and places like that. Her half-brother, who she runs the campaign against Stephen with, it, his base is in Bristol. So, um, But she comes to Oxford Castle slightly later on and is besieged there by Stephen. And this is slightly towards a point where it, it, it's not that it's... It is kind of going wrong for Matilda. Not not long after this, her son starts getting involved. In 1142, Stephen besieges the castle with Matilda inside it. And 
uh, it's quite interesting. It, it shows how powerful the castle is because he has to wait three months before the situation inside the castle can get bad enough for Matilda, which suggests that it's a quite oh, a well... so they besiege it and they survive fine for three months. Yeah, for three months they're That's absolute, impressive. Which is an impressive length of time, I think. And it's also, it's enough time for there to be problems for Stephen, right? Because he's got to sit there and keep an army for that long. So it shows that the, the castle is both very well fortified mm. and really well supplied. Provisioned. Provisioned before then. So... Uh, it go, it's go. It seems to be going relatively well for Stephen until Matilda um, escapes. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about that. That's the gossip. So That's I'm going to get. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. So skipping on about a hundred years from Matilda, it brings us to the Barons' War, specifically the one of uh, twelve fifteen to seventeen, which brings us to the worst lion in Disney's Robin Hood. Oh, not King, King John, John again. King John. I can't believe we're going to have to say this again, but if you haven't seen Disney's Robin Hood, you're going to need them to get any of Nick's references to King John. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only really cultural references I have him. We might have to put that as like the show notes. Well, no, because it's not a source that I'm using. I promise I'm not using. You can still include it as a joke. I think we're going we're gonna to have it yeah. in the show notes that everybody should go and watch it. So there's not an awful lot to say about this because it's towards the end of the Barons' Revolt. But the Barons, who were rising up against John, uh, held Oxford Castle against John, um, which was then besieged. Um, And John actually manages to get the castle back from them, so it's back on the side of the Crown rather than on the rebels. John died not long after that. But then after that, um, the castle defences were improved. So in 1220, they they improved the the defences, and then, but that actually ended up getting rid of the church, on one side of the castle, which is the church of St. Budoc, and they built a sort of a moated gateway. And then also more stone buildings were were erected instead of any wooden ones. And then it's seen a little bit unfit as a military position. So after that, it's the, the sort of the use of the castle kind of shifts, and then we see it become something completely different, Georgia. Mm. So if you've ever walked past... Oxford Castle or Googled it, you'll see that on the website it's actually called Oxford Castle and Prison. Ooh. So it does actually become much more of a jail or a prison at, at this point. It gets used for a lot of different things in the administration of, of justice. One of these things is assizes, um, which we've had many debates about how to pronounce that. So if anyone actually knows, could they please write in and tell me? I've written so many essays that involve assize courts and stuff and never worked out. No, but do you want to explain to everybody what one is in case they don't know? Basically, if you think about a typical medieval town, not going to have tons of facilities and centralisation to be able to enforce a lot of legal system. You have JPs, Justice of the Peace, and constables and things that might enforce laws. But generally, for bigger issues, you need proper legal professionals, but they don't have courts in place all the time. So you have things like the quarter sessions and the assizes that are courts that travel the country overseeing and hearing the main important cases that haven't been decided this lasts for ages i think they've only in the seven 1970s do they actually get rid of the assizes so these actually stopped being held in oxford castle in 1577 okay for reasons that i will divulge later 
Oh, is it a bit of a ghost I, and skeleton situation? It's such a good story. Anyway, so moving on from there into the 1600s. Okay. So the castle was actually bought by Christchurch College in 1610. And if anyone doesn't know that college, it's one of the wealthiest Oxford colleges. So there's a bit of background given that Christchurch College own Oxford Castle for quite a significant period of really? time. Like I said, it's founded in 1096, the university. And at this point, it's worth giving a little bit of background to Christchurch College. It's going to crop up slightly later as well in the episode. Okay. So just really quickly, Christchurch College was actually founded by Henry VIII. It was kind of a college slightly before that, but it was, I think, Cardinal College. I might be wrong on that. But it was Wolsey. And obviously... Wolsey falls out of favour with Henry VIII quite badly and Henry VIII takes all of Wolsey's lands and stuff, which includes Hampton Court Palace, incidentally, but he takes this land and he founds Christchurch College on it. And so that is in 1546. Also quite interesting is that the Christchurch College chapel is also... Christchurch Cathedral and it's actually the cathedral of the Church of England Diocese of Oxford. Then we move on to 1600s. It's the Royalist base during the Civil War. The deanery is made into Charles's home. Oh wow. So Charles I moves the Royalist court and the Royalist cause to Oxford and makes it the base and the parliamentarians are in London and then because it's a Royalist base the parliamentarians destroy the castle. It's not really surprising. We've seen people slight castles earlier. Kenilworth is slighted by the parliamentarians. Warwick, Warwick Castle gets slighted? No. no. There was one of the other castles that I discussed in, I think, episode three got slighted because of the Civil War. So from then on, only the jail is used. We're then going to move on to... We're going to move on quite a long way. We're going to move on to 1770. So it became a jail, and in 1770, someone finally decided to say that the castle was uninhabitable. Ah. Which is always nice when you've had people living in it for a very long time. Yeah, so then it's redesigned by a guy called William Blackburn, who, upon my research of him, it turns out that he's famous for designing prisons in Georgian England. What a thing to be famous for. It's redesigned and then it becomes a county jail uh, in 1800 with a debtor's prison. So this is interesting with the debtor's prison side of things as well, I find, because I find debtor's prisons quite interesting. Anyway, what a sentence. Um, Charles Dickens' dad was in a debtor's prison. Mm, Um, I mean, later on, but, you know, still, it's quite interesting. Um, So Christchurch College would rent out the castle to like the people who are running the prison and they would then charge the prisoners for room and board so you literally had to pay to be imprisoned Georgia what how do they afford to pay for it they're literally in prison for not paying their debts this is the thing so I did some research on debtors prisons because I thought this was quite interesting because like you if you've not got any money how do you pay for it so if you've got the money to pay for being in prison just pay your debts and don't go to prison. Well, here, here's the thing, Georgia. So, because prisons are private at this point, there are some debtors who manage to stop the people they owe money to from taking all of their money from them. And so 
it's like people there's obviously sliding scales but some people are actually pretty comfortable in these so they have quite nice areas mm. and this i don't know what it was like so can you pay for like economy or business class or first class well i don't know but i suspect there's something of a similar thing to that so i couldn't find anything for oxford castle itself but in general for castles and obviously they look quite a lot of the famous debtors prisons in london mm. like so people who managed to keep some of their money or had really like wealthy friends which you'd think could you not help pay off the debt rather than this I don't know. to me but they they actually had quite nice lives in there so apparently like cafes and bars and stuff in the prison and they can I mean, go to them castle. and have it's quite nice well i don't know if this is oxford castle but this is definitely the things that happen in london and so mm. i just thought that was quite interesting that these people are living the life but in prison and you can actually so you can pay to come out for the day or some people had they they negotiated a price where they paid they paid money and then they just got to serve their prison sentence outside of prison so long as they live nearby <laughs> and this whole system seems very flawed to me yes you're not really in prison then, are you? No. But I think this is because debtor's prison is treated very well, differently to normal prison. Debtor's prison is quite fascinating anyway because you have very poor people in debtor's prison, but you've also got like the nobility, like really wealthy people. Yeah. Who, well, they're not wealthy, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't be in debtor's prison. But, you know, it's one of those things that it doesn't have a specific class. Mm. So, and these people are all in together. Obviously, some people are in the bars and living the life, but others aren't. But I just thought that was really quite fascinating very so unusual tell yeah, you about it. something i wouldn't have expected it's not just a debtor's prison i would like to say like it is a normal prison as well they Can have the normal they, prisoners pay to get out i don't think so they, you... they've got well they've got gallows at oxford prison so it's actually capital punishment goes mm. on there so this is going on for a while but at the end of the 1880s it becomes her majesty's prison because at that time it's victoria and then it, it stayed one of our prisons that we'd have in this country until 1996 wow so that's a really long time so it's really interesting so if you google oxford castle and maybe i'll I'll see if we can get um some of these images but you should definitely google oxford castle and prison and you can see on the website and also on google images pictures of what the castle looked like as a prison so that's over a couple of hundred years as well that it remains a prison. Yeah, so it's this is a really prominent part of its history. Obviously, it's not it's not prison anymore. But apparently, whilst it was a prison, sometimes they had three people in a cell, which is definitely not socially distanced. No. So after this, we're going to skip forward again a little while. And in 2006, a man called Trevor Osborne uh, actually took over the lease, I think from the council, and so started the heritage project that's there now. Okay. And that's when you see it evolve into a public attraction. So that brings us to the end of the chronology, Georgia. So now it's your favourite part, Georgia. We're into ghosts and skeletons. Head back to Matilda now because you said you missed some stuff out. So this is my favourite story about Matilda and I love this one. So Matilda and her escape from Oxford. So Matilda's escape from Oxford, there are a couple of different ways of telling this story depending on what accounts you read. If you believe the more sensational version, whilst... Which we love to. We do love that. Whilst Stephen is campaigning against the castle and siege besieging it, she climbs out of a window mm. in the snow mm-hmm. in a white cloak and white outfit okay. and escapes across the snow, across the icy River Thames, she's like frozen over, and makes it to another castle and rides away. Okay. But she literally slips past the guard. So actually... I'm trying if, to think about how in like this period that was physically possible. Well, I think 
like if you take sources from this period, everything's a little bit dramatic. Well, it all will be like legend to make legend, her sound amazing. Legend like, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's a good way then. of saying it. But Let's go so with the story you, anyway. So if you think of one of the main chroniclers of her, who's actually much more fair to her, is William of Malmesbury. Okay, who's he's a great he's a great chronicler. I quite like him. But he so when he talks about it, she actually just goes out of the side gate with okay. some guards. But either way. This is Still a woman cool. this escaping is all... across a snow-covered countryside. Cool. Whilst being besieged by an entire army. Mm. So, in my head, she literally just escapes past the guards. So they keep she besieging. Past. And she's not even in there anymore. She's not there anymore. And then the next day, from my recollection, the next day they kind of wave the flag. And they're like, all right, fine. She's gone. You'd be so mad, wouldn't you? You'd be like, we're done. We'll, we'll come out. We'll come out. You think you've won and then you get in Stephen there and you're like, there she's and he's not like, here. She's gone. Classic. Classic. Um, so then we're going to move on to the prison and I think this is the other main ghosts and skeletons bit literally because I think that's much more you know they had capital punishment there yeah so we don't often talk about ghosts and skeletons stories that actually are about ghosts and skeletons literally ghosts and skeletons however I think first we ought to talk about the assizes I mentioned earlier that the assizes stops in 1577 would you like to know why why? Well, so... These sizes at Oxford at, Castle, yeah, at Oxford not Castle, in general. Not in general. So, at one of the assizes, um, a plague breaks out. Uh-oh. Just a casual plague. Very casual I in those days, to be honest. I can't think of any times where a deadly virus might break out because a lot of people have got together in a room when they shouldn't. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Um, but the Lord Lieutenant of Oxfordshire, the entire jury and then some knights and gentlemen all die ah including robert doily who's the guy who oh, owns no. the castle he owns the castle yeah so he dies which i think is um it's a bit sad so coughs and sneezes spreading diseases very good thanks that's terrible and i'm really sorry it's also probably not how you pronounce it but i never know you've got a little smirk out of me for context i've said some really terrible dad jokes in my time and georgia normally laughs a little bit but she did not even crack a smile no i mean that was one of your worst i'm gonna (laughs) hang my head in shame and just go back to the robin hood references speaking of hanging do you know what speaking of hanging we get to our next little bit of scandal the ghosts and literal ghosts and skeletons Mm. of the prison because there was capital punishment. So there are a couple of particularly well-known prisoners. Okay. Um, One woman, uh, Mary Blandy, and I think if you went to the castle, you'd be able to find out some more about her. She poisons her father and kills him, um, but then goes, I didn't mean to, I thought it was a love potion. Why are you giving your dad a love potion? Well, good question. So she... That's no better. (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to kill him. I meant to seduce him. (laughs) Slightly weird. But no, so she fell in love with a man who her father didn't approve of. I think he seemed married and he was saying that he was breaking off the marriage, but the dad didn't believe he was and she's obviously in love with him. She's like, Dad, let me go off with him. And he's like, no, he's a moron. Um, And so the, the, the lover, the boyfriend whatever you want to call him, sends her, in her account, she says he sent her a love potion. And he said, give your dad a love potion and he'll like me and he'll love the marriage and he'll bless it and it'll all be good. Right, so not like a love potion to fall in love with her. No, but that is how it sounds and I thought it was funnier. Mm. Um, So 
she gives it to him. This is allegedly. So surely that's her boyfriend's murder then, not hers. Well, this is the defence she comes up with in court, but it's right. not a good defence, is it? Well, she still gets done for it. She though. still gets done for it, and she um, she's hanged. Um, well, she did kill her dad. Yeah, right. Fine. So, you know, you say, oh no, but. Mm. So then we've got a highwayman. Okay. And what what kind of histories? I'm going to bring up a highwayman in a future episode when we do Yorkshire because we're going to talk about Dick Turpin. But at the moment, we're talking about a man called Isaac Darkin. Okay. So he. Uh, so this is 18th century, and he. Um, Long story short, he's he's in the so he he's he's around Essex. He's highwaying man. He's he highway, highway manning. <laughs> he's highway manning himself uh, around, and then he is captured, um, and he's uh, tried at an assize in a different place. Okay, because obviously Oxford does not have them anymore. Yeah, but then he runs away. So he's this is you know this is just his first capture. Mm-hmm. So he runs away to Antigua. But where he to gets Antigua, yeah, it's a long way to go in those days. Yeah, but we have a big base in the Caribbean. Okay, so there's you know a bunch of things happening there. He goes to Antigua. He comes back, which is how he ends up in Oxford Prison. Otherwise, it'd be a bit random if I just decided to bring this man up. He, he does some more highway manning, which involves stealing some money and you know all the things that a general highwayman does. Yeah, he gets put on trial again at a different assize. Okay, Salisbury this time, and then. He's he's locked up, gets out, goes back to London, does some more highway manning, and then his final highway manning, which I have turned into a verb in the course it's of fine, this episode. It's fine. it's fine. So in 1760, he robs someone in Oxfordshire. Okay, and, that, and they catch him. And Yeah, so then he goes to an inn. A few hours before he gets there, the guy he robbed goes to the same inn. Ah, bit of a problem. So, obviously, he's recognised when he goes to the inn because the guy he's robbed has gone in and gone, ah, this guy just robbed me. He goes to prison. He actually gets transferred to Oxford. He goes originally to to Newgate in London. Um, But he's there and he tries to get out of death. I, I imagine he knows what's coming to him because he's a highwayman in this period. So he gets tried obviously given the evidence it doesn't take long for the jury to go i think this guy's guilty Mm. everyone yeah so then he uh is sentenced to hanging okay because obviously oxford prison's got gallows so he's executed in 1671 he supposedly jumps off the ladder himself oh so i guess final act of defiance Mm. but um yeah so that's the other famous death that I found at Oxford Prison which I thought was quite interesting yeah, and that, interesting. that leads us to the end of the ghosts and skeletons perhaps if you go mm. to Oxford Castle you'll find the ghost of either one of those people mm, maybe I feel like the second one's a little bit more nefarious than Mary yeah although poisoning your dad is pretty despicable so now it's time to move on to influence and role. A bit different, this castle, I feel like, because it's obviously being used as a prison for quite a while, which obviously it's important to have prisons, but I would argue, therefore, this castle isn't as important as Warwick and Kenilworth, which, well, Kenilworth, I think we came to the conclusion, was the winner of Warwickshire, really. But, but then you've got a couple of things. You've got the fact that... Oxford is the base of the Royalists and King Charles during mm. the English Civil War. And so Oxford Castle is clearly quite 
important there. Um, so I think it is pretty important. And also, no, it's not important in the same way as other castles we've looked at f- for later on. It's not like it's got like powerful people living there, but it is a prison and it gives us quite a useful insight into that. So but we I, do have other prisons. Yeah, we have other prisons. It's not particularly, from what I've read, it's not particularly influential I in feel terms like of it's, prisons. Its main point is Matilda uses it. But then she runs away from yeah. it. And also, yes, that it's the uh, royalist stronghold, although I assume that's because they want to be close to Oxford University, which is probably where a lot of his supporters are. I don't know. It's not like there's lots of the Civil War battles happening. No, there. and and when later on Charles's son Charles is there, uh, they destroy New College, but the castle, I think, like, but in general, there's not a lot more fighting in Oxford. Mm. So... Yeah, it's not that influential. There is some influential, very influential stuff later on, Georgia, in modern what? times. So apparently, 102 Dalmatians was filmed there. 102? Isn't that 101? I think it's the second one, but I've not seen any of them. Full disclosure. So that's how influential that was. So there we go. So I think we've concluded that it's not as important as some of the ones we've looked at yet. Obviously, it's quite hard. But no less interesting. No less interesting. Obviously, it's quite hard to judge this when we haven't done many yet. Give us your opinions. We would love to hear from you. You can look us up as Podcastles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also email us by going to podcastlespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website. You should go to the website anyway because we've got lovely blogs on there. But that is podcastles.co.uk. And you can also find the show notes where we've got a lot of our information from this episode. Yeah, we'll put all of our our, uh, sources there. Last thing that we need to talk about, Nick, is how can you visit Oxford Castle and prison? Well, there there are several ways you can visit. Firstly... Uh, so this is of the time of recording. There are social distancing rules. So the, it's open every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Monday through Thursday, the last tour is at 4.30. And on Friday to Sunday, uh, the t- last tour is at 5.05. So you, they're about 25 minutes to a half an hour each. They're obviously not open over Christmas period. The, the mound is currently closed. But there's several different things you can actually do there, Georgia. It's really, oh, okay. it's really interesting. So uh, outside tours... So you can have an outside guided tour and it's about 45 minutes and it goes round the whole castle quarter and they'll talk to you about the punishments that prisoners were made to do. Obviously, they weren't all just hanged. That would be reductive. Um, So you can go throughout the days from between Friday and Sunday um, and you can book for all of this online. Um, And then they've got lantern tours... Uh, which is they go through it's like the Christmas season so this is going to be running from the start of December to the start of January so they've got those on obviously not Christmas and Boxing Day you can also go for uh, Christmas at the castle you can do uh, private tours and they've also got an escape room that's really cool yeah they've got an escape room so I think that would be really awesome I'd love to go and do that I'm really scared of escape rooms I love escape rooms it sounds good so at the moment there's a two household bubble for the jailbreak experience that they've got because of social distancing, but it's available. It's you can go any every day from uh, until seven pm. It takes about an hour. I haven't done it, but I would love to, and I feel like that's something I will now go and do when I can. So you've also got the Malmaison Hotel, which isn't part of the Oxford Castle prison, but I just thought it's worth mentioning. It's it is in the grounds, and it's interesting because it's built into the cells, and so the the bedrooms are. 
cells. No, so they've only got so some of the cells, not the ones Night where people classy. were killed. They haven't got. They haven't got. It's a really beautiful hotel, actually. The cells are the guest rooms. They also have one of the cells is left as a cell, so you can go and have a look. Um, That's so, so cool. So you should absolutely go and check out Oxford Castle and Prison and that little hotel in the grounds. We will see you next week for Blenheim Palace. Yes, we will. It's going to be great. See you soon.